Hey, slop dog! The Brainiacs are ready! Welcome, welcome, welcome into Leather Brains, your host here, Slap Dog, and it is episode 136 today, October 9th, end of week five. I am joined today by my very good friend, Alan Casanova Castro, without Scotty. There's no Scotty here today. It is a Monday episode, and he is not here to join us, unfortunately. But Alan, I'm glad you're here. I'm very happy to be here. I think Scotty's currently... In an airport, couldn't make it back in time, so his priorities are not with the podcasts, um, so it's fine. But I'm happy to be here. 136, man. That's a lot of episodes. That's a lot of episodes. That's a lot of episodes. It's a lot of content, and that's that's what... Uh, it's taken a long time to get here. Like I look back, and I'm like, man, we have been doing this for realistically not a, a, a super long time. We've been doing this for a little over a year now, so this is year two for, for NFL content, but a lot of work. A lot of sweat, tears, blood, and effort have gone into this, and I'm so excited to, to be here with you today, as well as all the Brainiacs. So welcome aboard, like I said, what episode 136. Alan, we do have quite a bit to talk about, of course, with this week five here. There was a lot of different headlining news that I definitely need to be discussed. Of course, Jonathan Taylor is uh, is one that needs to be talked about as Dak Prescott on the hot seat. What's going on with the Falcons over there? And uh, are we buying them for fantasy football? Uh, Jamar Chase. I mean, there's so much explosive stuff. So let's just go ahead and get into our MVP of the week. That is something that I think is uh, some very exciting news for us. So we have our first official sponsor. Alan. Yeah. We do. It's Prime Society. So they are a luxury leather bag, backpacks, and accessories such as wallets and shoulder bags. Very high quality leather products. Prime Society is the uh, official sponsor of our MVP segment. So our MVP of the week, Alan, it's Jamar Chase. I mean, it's Jamar Chase. We knew it was Jamar Chase. Welcome back to fantasy football, Jamar Chase. 52.2 fantasy points for the week. 15 catches for 192 yards and three touchdowns. Jamar Chase, you are an MVP this week. And Prime Society has helped everybody get the bag with Jamar Chase. So join athletes like Tyree Kill, Clay Thompson by checking out primesociety.com and shopping their luxury bags, luggage, and accessories. Whether you're looking for the high-quality gift that won't break the bank or you want to turn heads with the swagger of a pro athlete, Prime Society is the answer. Your fantasy MVP helped you secure the bag in your league, so make sure you secure the bag with Prime Society and use promo code LBZ20 to get 20% off of your order today at primesociety.com. Again, go to primesociety.com, check them out. They got some wonderful products, high-quality leather products to include bags, wallets, luggage, and uh, and use the code LBZ20 to get 20% off of your order today. Alan, what do you think about Prime Society? Dude, uh, love them. Love the guys over there at Prime Society. Uh, like you said, it's high quality shit. You know, this isn't like anything you're going to run and find at any Walmart. You're not going to slide over to Target and find anything like this. You might find things that look like this, but this is it's high quality stuff they got here. Um, yeah. You know, and even looking at the website, I was, you know, thinking about getting myself a little something. They got this Tyreek Hill collaboration. You got this Tyreek Hill backpack of him doing the peace sign as he's most famous for doing when he scores his touchdowns. He had another long one this week. Might have to represent. Um, I'm sad he's no longer with the Chiefs, but you know, I might have to get this backpack <laughs> just to remember him a little bit. But 
yeah, this is this is a this is a great collaboration. I'm really excited to have the Prime Society guys here with us. Um, and I think for all our listeners out there, I think these are some good gifts. Holidays are quickly approaching, whether you like it or not. Um, so think about using that code, like you said, LBZ20, LBZ20, um, gets you 20% off their website. So very happy those guys are looking to save you a little cash too. And, um, you know, support those that support us, right? Um, you like listening to Leather Brains, support them, check out what they got going on over there. Um, some really cool stuff. And what a cool week. Got Jamar Chase out here securing the bag for a lot. It was a race between DJ Moore and Jamar, I think, to get it. Um, and Jamar Chase getting that Prime Society Leather Brains MVP of the week. Um, I think it's a good start for this collab. And uh, what a great start uh, to the week five show. Absolutely. And and with that being said, I mean, studs and duds, let's just move over into it. I don't think it's any surprise. I've got Jamar Chase as my stud this week. And yeah. he has looked absolutely electric this last week. Actually, I'm sorry. I had Jamar Chase, but we moved him into MVP. So I transitioned over to Brees Hall. So the ticker is actually wrong, <laughs> Alan. And that's that's on me. I didn't want to I didn't want to double dip because I originally had Jamar Chase, but it seemed too easy. So I took Brees Hall, twenty two rushing attempts for 177 yards and one touchdown. And then he went three for three for seventeen yards. I don't know how I feel about this, and I'm, I really want to know kind of what you're thinking. I know we're going to talk about this a little bit more down the road, but do we trust Brees Hall moving forward? He was only on a 52% snap count, so it wasn't like he was on the field for you know 75% of this game. Just a little over half. He looked absolutely electric. He looked 100% healthy, but it was also against the Denver Broncos yeah. defense who were just bleeding at allowing rushing yards. So like, I, are you are you full in on Brees Hall, or kind of what's your thought here with this? Um, I like Brees Hall. I think he has he, he's at any moment can can break it off. But I think you're right. I think this week was more about who he was playing um, because the Broncos, as you said, were notorious up until this week, giving up at least 100 yards to every rusher. And then they were famous a few weeks ago for letting uh, a chain and Mostert go nuts on them. So yeah. I think it was I I mean, I confidently started Brees Hall because I figured he was going to eat this week. Yeah, <laughs> and he just did put that back. Uh, but the other thing, you know, the the Jets said that, you know, they're they're kind of re removing that that snap count that he was on. You know, they're going to let him go more. And so we'll see what that means moving forward. I think with the limited options you have in the running back market, if you are sitting with Brees Hall, I think obviously he's your you got to roll with them. I think yeah. it's time of year where if a guy's willing to get you, he's only going to get you 10 points. He gets you 10 points. But I think Brees Hall has that ability to break it. So definitely in line with your stud of the week. All right. And who'd you bring for the stud of the week, my friend? My stud of the week was runner-up to uh, MVP of the week, which was DJ Moore. Um, eight receptions, 230 yards, three touchdowns. Could have been four, depending on how you viewed that out-of-bounds call that he had on one of his catches. Um, he he looked good. He looked good. <laughs> yeah. No, he did. I mean, he was the only Bears wide receiver to catch a, catch a ball. Which is wild. Which is insane. Wow. So, no, I think he deserves it. And and I think anybody who took the risk, the sad part I think that a lot of people are running into is they probably benched him this week because there might be other options that were a little bit more favorable. So, I mean, he was an 85% start in sleeper leagues, so he was mostly started. But there were some people that maybe didn't, and I think they're really, really sad to lose out on that 49 points in PPR That's formats. But, unreal. I had yeah. a... One of my, I had a buddy of mine in one of my leagues, and he had, um, he had both DJ Moore and Jamar Chase, 
And I'm like, God, that must be just a great feeling, like rolling into your Sunday evening. Like, I was like, Oh, I had another. I had another one. Yeah, it was you too. Yeah, no, I had him (laughs) in our in our uh, our dynasty. Yeah, no. Oh, that's it. Was great. It it was the best. As somebody who owned both of those players, I can very candidly tell you. Hold on, there is no better feeling than just racking up the points. In fact, I actually broke our our um, our total points in the league. For I had over two hundred points in that league, and I left another fifty on the bench, which is just disgusting to say. Oh, but um, no, it was it was fun. It was a good week. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. So Scotty unfortunately was not able to make it as you mentioned, but he did bring some studs and duds this week. So his stud this week was Darren Waller. Scotty, our tight end aficionado here at Eleven Brains, loves himself some tight ends, and uh, and Darren Waller he did good this week. I mean, he got uh, eight receptions on eleven targets for eighty six yards, so he went sixteen point six points in PPR formats. Darren Waller, you finally got something out of him. I don't know if it's going to stay because the Giants look like absolute shit, but stay tuned because we'll be talking about that here in a little bit. Also, real quick, I'm an idiot. Yeah. It wasn't that. It was. He had DJ Moore, and then he had Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs in the early Sunday game. Mm. So he was sitting pretty going Damn. into the noon games. So I'm an idiot. Yeah. No, it still Congrats feels good. To you. Not for you. I'm sorry that that happened to you. I mean, it's okay. Well, I guess who's your dud of the week then? Uh, my dud of the week is myself. I um, wanted to do this as an official apology to everybody. I started cj stroud and i think we as fantasy players kind of will do this from time to time where we completely overthink a situation and i could have started justin fields and i'm sitting there on thursday night and i'm like you know what i'm gonna go stroud he's playing the falcons he's looking good he's throwing he's you know he's he's climbing he's trending and with fields you still didn't know and it was in washington and and you didn't and so my dud was sitting there watch Justin Fields put up like however many 40 some odd points, I think, depending on which league you're in. And then I had to sit there and be like, I think if you, you know, everybody that's played fantasy for a long time, if you have somebody on your bench that goes off, you're like, you look at that starter and you like, you son of a bitch, you better go off. <laughs> and <laughs> and then Stroud they did not. So eh, they didn't. It never happens that way. So I am the dud of the week because I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, I don't blame you because the, the the argument that you sit there and make is Atlanta's not good. Atlanta's not right. that good. And CJ Stroud has looked absolutely electric. So I, I and, and Justin Fields hasn't. It was just the week that you, you didn't play him. That's how it always goes in fantasy, though. We talked about it last week. As soon as you bench yep. somebody, they go off. So they go off. I, I feel you. I'm sorry that that happened to you. Uh, and you'll get it next week. You'll get your lineup right next week. Appreciate that. Yeah. My dud this week is Dak Prescott. Uh, Dak Prescott. We're going to talk about this more extensively here in just a little bit, but just know that Dak Prescott was absolutely dog shit this last week. He went 14 for 24 for one touchdown. He threw three interceptions and finished with seven points for fantasy football. He was going against the 49ers. So like I said, we will, we have a little bit more to discuss with this, so I don't want to get in the weeds of it right this moment. But Dak Prescott, you are a dud this week. You are trash, and uh, you rightfully earned your dud of the week. That was not good. It was, was yeah, good. and and Scotty brought his dud of the week as the Dallas Cowboys, the entire team. So, which I <laughs> double getting dunked on twice. Yeah, no, and they deserve it. They were absolutely terrible, atrocious to watch, not fun, and uh, and rightfully earning our dud of the week. So, let's go over and let's talk about the Leather Brains game of the week. So this <laughs> this game, 
This game was a good game. Be, this honest, game was... be honest with the listeners, though. We but... didn't know which game we wanted to no, talk about. No, 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 like, no, no, no. There's not a lot out there that was like super juicy, super great. There was a lot of like ho-hums, but this was probably the there closest was. we can get to our game. And we're like, we're sitting there and we're like, okay, what game do we really want to talk about? What game is worth talking about as the game of the week? This one's pretty gross, all things considered, because there wasn't a lot of good games. The Falcons-Texans game in Who Cares Game of the Week was actually a contender. So I, I was, I, I actually enjoyed that game. I was looking forward to that game, but I was, I was also looking forward to this game. And I did not see the Steelers winning this game at all. I didn't. They the Steelers have not looked good this year. Kenny Pickett looks absolutely terrible. Really, the Steelers' defense is the only thing that might be decent, and turns out they were. But I don't even know if that's the story you can write here. I don't know if you had the opportunity to to watch this game, but I did. the The Ravens shot themselves in the foot. It, it wasn't it wasn't the Steelers' offense that did anything great. The Steelers' defense really didn't do anything tremendous. And I can't even blame Lamar Jackson. You know, somebody who has come out and kind of nitpicked at Lamar Jackson's abilities, I've got to hand it to him. He played really well this game. It was his pass catchers that just dropped every single thing that he got right at their hands. I mean, it was it was atrocious. And typically, you can throw pretty well in the Steelers, and they, they weren't. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you were surprised the Steelers won. I think the Steelers were surprised the Steelers won. And <laughs> they they... I know there's even with Matt Canada, there's some storylines out there and he did not look happy when they scored the touchdown, which is super weird. There's a lot going on with the Steelers right now. I think if you're a Ravens fan or if you're in that Ravens locker room, you're like, what the hell just happened? Watching the game. So I pulled some notes out of here. The the Ravens scored their 10th point with 1223 left to go in the second. It was 10 nothing. So you're you're at the beginning of the second quarter and you're like. 10 nothing. Pickett looks like absolute trash. We're, we're going to roll through this. We got this. No problem. And then it's field goal, safety, field goal, and then a touchdown pass to 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 take the lead and then a late field goal to, to season it to 17 to 10. It was just it was an odd game. It was weird. I don't know what's going on with the Ravens necessarily. Obviously, the drops don't help. But then I think if you're like if you're an offensive coordinator and you're in that game and you see these sons of bitches are dropping the ball, like maybe we stop doing that for a little bit. Maybe we just salt it. Right. And I don't know that line just looks atrocious at times, but again, the Steelers strength is their defense. It kept them in. It was almost like watching a big 10 football game for a while. Cause it was like, Jesus, like just nobody, nobody want wanted to win, to win the like, game. Yeah. Nobody wanted to win. It was, it was weird, but I mean, shout out for the Steelers to keep, keep grinding. Cause it was, it was not pretty for them. And like you had mentioned, Pickett. He's just, he's just, that's just not it, man. He's no. not it. Let me ask you this question. Let's, let's play a quick game here. If you, and we've kind of played games similar to this throughout the, uh, throughout the series. And anybody that's watching, if you have any questions, we appreciate them. Go send them in over on YouTube. We will answer them at the end of the show. So we do appreciate it. Let me ask you this question, Alan. If you were the Steelers and you currently had Kenny Pickett and you could opt to get rid of him for any of these quarterbacks that I named, would you do it? Bryce Young. Uh yes, Brock Purdy. Oh yeah, obviously. Okay, C.J. Stroud. Yes, oh, hundred percent. Justin Fields. Yes. Okay, Anthony Richardson. Uh, without with or without the AC joint sprain with the AC joint issue. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> and we'll round it out with this one. 
Um, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, why not? I, I right. don't like Pickett at all. I just don't like him. I don't you think, think he's going to be in the he... league much longer. No, no. And I, and I, and it's, it's tough to say that because you never want to root for a guy to like not be employed. Cause obviously these guys are out there living their dreams and yeah. are exponentially more athletic than any of us. But wow. the one thing that blows my mind with NFL franchises, like, don't you feel like they just hold on to quarterbacks for like far too long? Like we could see yeah. it a mile away. Like anybody that play, like watched football at any small amount knows that like that ain't it like let's figure this out quickly but it's amazing to me like how long these organizations just hold on and hold on and hold on and i mean shout out to the steelers they're three and two obviously it's quote unquote working from a team perspective but like if you have the opportunity to like do something different on offense i think it's just wild to me like how long they hold i think zach wilson's a great example of that i mean you look at in in i don't know because he played really well against the chiefs which was like the first time he's ever looked good. Like, would you, if you were the Steelers right now, would you rather have Pickett or Wilson? That's a good question. Ooh, that's a great question because I don't know. I think I think they both suffer from the same thing, and it's lack of confidence. Like they just don't. I think there's times where they just don't look very confident. Sure. I don't know Wilson maybe because of the way he's kind of looked over the last few weeks. He looks a little bit more sure of himself and like making those reads and making those throws. Um, yeah, I just I just don't like I just. Pickett is just I don't and I don't know if it's the OC I don't know the Steelers just got a lot going on maybe I don't know but I, they don't look good the the Steelers offense like from a fantasy perspective I'm not really willing to touch almost any of it aside from Jalen Warren I think is probably somebody that I would be interested in, in touching and I don't uh, know <laughs> well, I mean I don't know what Jalen's into maybe you could buy him I mean, a prime society bag and see if he's down to get touched I don't know LBZ 20 I, go check it out <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Jalen. I'm happy to see them use him more. I saw a, I saw a tweet come through the other day, or yeah, I was thinking it was yes, yesterday evening. It came through, and I saw it was uh, it was it was Najee Harris one yard run, Najee Harris one yard run, and it was like Jalen Warren nineteen yard run, Jalen Warren twenty yard reception. I'm like, you what? What are we doing? <laughs> no, that, and that's the question. So you talk about the offensive coordinator, how you look at it, Jalen Warren on the field, and then you say we're gonna put Najee back in. I just don't understand because Jalen Warren he played nine or forty eight percent of the snaps, so Najee out touched him barely, but. This was an argument that I was I was saying before the season started. I think there's a legitimate chance that Jalen Warren comes in and he ends up taking over this role. And I still think just watching him on film, that should be happening. His yards per carry this last game were 4.4. Najee's 2.64. It's math. It's like it's, simple I, math. It's, it's, it's simple math. And he looks better on the field. Like, yeah. if, if we're talking just pure I, eye I, test, like, he yeah. looks way better than Najee does. He's a better runner. He's bigger. He looks to be quicker. He hit, He makes the reads better. He's just a better athlete than Najee. Yeah, he looks He looks way more polished. The other thing in, about the Steelers team in this game, which is hilarious, if you look at all the division leaders right now, the point differential, they're all positive. You know, the Chiefs are plus 48. The Dolphins are plus 46. You know, you have the Lions at plus 41. And then you have the Steelers over here at minus 31 point differential leading the division. <laughs> AFC North is hot garbage at the moment, which if you're a Bengals fan, I know we want to talk about that game. If you're a Bengals fan, this was the best outcome you could have seen because it is you're still within reach. You're still within a game. You you got this. As shitty as the season has started for them, they have everything still in front of them. Like, oh, yeah. I think the same thing happened to them last year. So division's... Wild. That game was interesting. It was a lot of just 
the Ravens tried to find out what was the coolest way we could lose this game. And they, <laughs> they, and they, did it. they lost it, yeah. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Winners, Alan. I know that this is probably not common for Bears fans, but they won this last week. And they won pretty handily. So, I mean, they played the Commanders. It was 40-20. The Bears looked great. I want to talk about Justin Fields because he is a hot topic right now. He's someone that we we just talked about last week, but given the performance, I think it, it, it bears discussion again. Fields went 15 for 29 for 282 yards and four touchdowns. He also rushed for 57 yards. I would like to point out that three of those touchdowns were to DJ Moore. So my question to you is, if you were a Bears fan, if you are the GM of the Bears, or if you were anybody that knows anything about football, is Justin Fields safe? In your eyes, Alan, is he is he back into the conversation? I I don't know. I, I bet you, like in the heart of hearts, I bet you Bears fans would have wished they he would have sucked, like, and maybe they lost. Like, I I want to sure. know because now it puts, like you said, it puts it back on the table. Like, shit, why can't I quit you? You know, you look at Fields and you you're like, damn it, I was, I you broke up, we broke up, I was burning all pictures of you, we were moving on, and then all it's of like a sudden, that toxic you text- relationship. Yeah, you text me when you're drunk and you're like, "You up?" And I'm yeah. like, "Fuck, man!" Like, <laughs> well, I'm up. nobody in this I'm up. nobody in this bar is looking as good as you are. I'm up, I'm up, and I think for Bears fans, it's like, pick one, you son of a bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. this team, pick one. Are you going to be decent enough to win some games, or if you're just going to shit the bed, at least give us some good draft picks? I think the most bear thing ever could be is we look back at the end of the season in this win right here, this like shiny win that they got in you know week five somehow hoses them out of the top the top pick you know and i which is so bears of them it would be super bears of them and so that's why i think some of them are like it's early enough that you can still be optimistic but you know there's like that shadow of a doubt like for the bears fans to say shit like should we have just lost that i don't know whatever cool it was a neat game and i think if you're a fan of the bears i i you never want to root for losses you always want to see them do well um but I think think for Fields, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's still... I don't think he is. The jury's still out. I, I don't think he is because the situation that you're now looking at is, do you, like you mentioned earlier, like it's the breakup, it's getting back together. I don't think Justin Fields is it. And I don't know if I want to blame him. I don't know if I want to blame the offensive coordinator. I, I do, It's It's got to be somebody within that building obviously needs to share blame. But they played the commanders. And the really alarming thing for me about this whole situation is the fact that no other wide receivers were involved. Darnell Mooney went 0 for 4 on targets. So he did I, mm. I legitimately 
DJ Moore was the only wide receiver that caught a ball. That to me, it kind of scares me a little bit. And I, and I don't know if it's because the pass catchers are so bad or if it's because Justin Fields is so bad. I want to say it's because of Justin Fields because you can look at some of these other quarterbacks and they're getting no names involved as far as wide receivers are concerned. Would I interest you in Puka Nakua? Pook Nuke, baby. Or Tutu Atwell. I mean, look at what Matt Stafford has done. Some, that's a good name. Good good names. Good stable names. names. Yeah. Tutu and Pook. <laughs> yeah. Interesting wide receiver room. But my point being is, like, if you take an elite-level quarterback and, and you they're able to get the balls into other the ball into other people's hands, and, D, and DJ Moore is the only one. That, so that's where I'm really concerned is at weird. is I, it, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying Justin Fields. I'm not buying this Bears offense. It, now, if they're going to have a shitty matchup or a matchup that's favorable for them because it's a shitty, <laughs> it's two shitty teams. Like they play the Vikings next week. Vikings don't have a great defense, so I might consider it. But like long term, I don't think Justin Fields is going to work in this offense, and I don't know if I want to even blame Justin Fields or if I want to blame the offense. I mean, you're, I mean, nail on the head, nail on the head. I, okay, really quick. So one quarterback goes 37 of 51. The other quarterback goes 15 of 29. And I tell you, which one do you think had the day? You know, you're going to say it would be 37 of 51. 37 passes yeah. probably was eating. And he still, I mean, shout out for Sam Howell. I mean, he threw for 388 yards, two touchdowns. He did have a pick, but I think where the bears where this went was it was just feast they just hit on big plays you know you're averaging 30 yards of reception as a wide receiver like you're just hitting on big big plays and i think yeah. for you that's where there is still some caution like i don't think this wrote any like wrote any wrongs for for bears or bears fans i think it was just i think you could see how explosive this offense could be sure when but- things are clicking but they need to be clicking because 15 yeah, of 29 still is not going to regularly win you NFL games. No, because it, you go up against a competent defense, and I think you're really – it's going to show. And I don't think the commanders are the worst defense in the league, obviously. I think they're probably middle of the pack. I'd have to go pull that up. But I, I don't think they're they're great. They're 21 right now is where they're ranking as far as uh, passing yards per game. So you got one wide you, receiver involved. Okay, one question for you, I guess. Do you chalk okay. that up? So – I'm, we're going to get into this a little bit, but this was the Thursday night game, right? Yep. These are always weird. They're I think this games. is the other thing. I think this is a noon. This is a noon Sunday game. Are we getting the same result? I don't think so. I think that's it's. There's some there's some it's the awkwardness. Yeah, it's just weird. It's a short week, not a lot of prep time. You get somebody in there, and and again, it's not like he was he completed 30 passes. He completed 15 passes. Like it, that's not a lot in today's NFL at all. And to get the output they got, like. I, I truthfully think there's something I mean, we gotta think about that too from a fantasy perspective. Like these Thursday night games are weird and I should have just left at that and left fields and I'm still upset about it. <laughs> You'll get him this week, buddy. Uh well let me ask you this. Are you playing Justin Fields against the Vikings this week? This upcoming week? I don't know, because then he's gonna like he's gonna shit on me twice and I'm gonna start him and then he's gonna score you're like in, you're five in fantasy points. purgatory, so you're <laughs> down. So I am so hosed right now. I don't know. Uh. I don't know. I have to think about it. I don't even know who Stroud's playing. That's my other option in one of my leagues, so we'll see. He's not bad. Uh, players to bench. Are we just benching all New England players? Let's go. Let's just briefly touch on this game. Bill Belichick got another spanking, and this is his second big-time spanking. This one was by the Saints, and this was 34-0. to I'm, I'm just going to come out and say this, Alan. I'm, 
I don't own really any New England players for fantasy football. I haven't owned any New England players for fantasy football in a very long time. And I don't plan on owning any New England players because their offenses usually stink. Without Tom Brady back there, the offense is abysmal. It's not great. Ramondre Stevenson last year was certainly usable, but he's not this year. I mean, he's not doing anything this year. Are you? Is it safe to say that we're just we're done with? Like, if you own any New England's players, you're dropping them, except for maybe Ramondre. I think, I think Ramondre might be the only one that you want to hold on to, and that's about it because you can't trust any of the quarterbacks. No, take that back. Zeke, maybe. Maybe Zeke, but I think if Zappy, if they let him start, he can air it out at least that you might have you might give a look to a couple if you're if your your lineups in shambles. Um but that that's again, that's just like reading the tea leaves. Like you don't even know yet. I think I, I think Ramondre's Ramondre or Zeke are like the only two and as a But they're in like a fifty percent share or snap share is. right now. It is. And you know, I you know, I have Ramondre in our our dynasty league, one of the leagues I'm in, and it's like gross. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, happy it I is have. gross. It's just gross. And I think I think the graphic here on the screen, if you're watching, man, it's just safe to bench him if you if you're in in between yeah. two players, just just bench him. Don't. Don't. And and I think for the wide receivers, like you're entering drop territory pretty quick. So I'm not I'm not gonna say drop them at like Parker. You probably keep maybe born, but like even I just I don't know. I I think that don't know. Me. There's a good chance you're able to drop them, and I'm not gonna hate you for it. All right, enough about that. Sorry, Bill Belichick, but maybe your time as a coach is starting to uh, come to a close. <laughs> Let's talk about John Taylor. This is really big news. This is something that I it it shook the whole NFL world by storm. Jonathan Taylor has found his home, Allen. It's with the Colts. He found it, man. Who would have thought? I'm going to be completely honest with you. Not something I saw coming. I, were you shocked by this? I mean, I, I could not believe this. I was. I was. On Twitter, you never know. Sometimes there's like fake stuff that rolls through and it's hard to disseminate but then you like kind of rub the the sleep out of your eyes and it's like jonathan taylor signed his contract and you're like what, what With the, the colts i thought him and Irsay were were fighting i thought you know i famously I, I said Irsay probably said some uh not kind remarks to him in uh behind closed doors like you know some shit you can't take back like friendship ending remarks is what yeah. we all thought but you know what uh the Colts. I don't. I don't know. I'm also surprised the Colts did it because of how Zach Moss has looked. That's so. See, and I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that's the other point of conversation. Like you look at what Zach Moss has done these last couple of weeks, and there's the, you had the drama with Irsay. You had him in the comments that he made behind closed doors, and then you had Jim Irsay paying millions of dollars to transport a dead whale back and forth across the country, and then but he doesn't want to pay John Taylor any money, and then you have Zach Moss and. I mean, is Jim Irsay just on the losing side of everything right now? Because Zach Moss is currently running back. I think he finishes running back three this week. He would finish yeah. his running back two this week with Jonathan yeah, Taylor coming back. He was flirting with one, yeah. Yeah, and on the season, and, and granted, we're talking about fantasy football, so that bears its own weight, but Zach Moss has been so usable. He's, he's running back six on the season. He is averaging what 21 points a game he's looking wonderful and you have him at a fraction of the price and then you 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 sign jonathan taylor to a three-year deal 
and it's like a $45 million deal, which is great for John Taylor, but what's going on here? I mean, the, the Zach Moss thing, the question being is fantasy football. That's what we're here for. <laughs> That's, I mean, do you, how do you, you feel about right it? Now? Yeah. Which one do you start? I don't know. I don't know because you know, there's people that started, you know, Jonathan Taylor, or maybe they had both. They like cuff themselves, which is never a great idea. Never want to cuff yourself for this very reason. I do because you're, 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 you're damned if you do and damned if you don't in that scenario. You just It's best to just own one of them at that point and let somebody mm-hmm. else cuff you unless you know because you have two healthy running backs, right? Like It's not like anyone was necessarily hurt. I think coming off of no lather for JT, I think it was safe to assume that maybe Moss was the play, but even then, like watching him, watching Moss go off, I think is, is wild. I still think JT is the back to own. Like He's going to be... Agreed. The back to own, like obviously Moss is filling. I think what it shows you if you are and what you want to cross your fingers for if you're a Jonathan Taylor owner is that you can see how good it can be. You can see the outputs because I mean, I still Jonathan Taylor is still better back than Moss, in my opinion, and I think in a lot of NFL fans opinions. Um, So I think what you're looking at is this is how it could look for me. I want this for me now. If I'm a Jonathan Taylor owner, like, cool, Moss can do it. I want Taylor to do it now. And I, I think that's where I, I agree. I mean, anybody who's anybody knows that Jonathan Taylor's the better back to home. Just long term. Like Jonathan Taylor, yeah. I mean, obviously he just got signed a huge fucking yeah. contract. Uh, I'm not going to panic about this whatsoever. The, the thing I take away from this is Jonathan Taylor just got activated from the pup this week. Right. He hasn't had time to practice with this team. He hasn't had time to, while he probably knows the playbook decently well, he hasn't had time to really learn it you know, while in live time, right? So I, I'm not panicking about this whatsoever. I think this was a Jonathan Taylor's back, but we're really not going to play him. And they didn't. Like, if you look at the snap share, Zach Moss was at an 80-20. So Zach Moss carried 80% of the workload. I expect within the next couple of weeks that starts to taper off. Now, I have an interesting proposal for you. Okay. I like proposals. Colts trade Zach Moss. You trade him right now. Do you throw him out on the on the uh, the real waiver wire, or the <laughs> uh, the real trade block, not the fantasy trade block? And you say, "Hey, any teams that are interested, we got a guy here." And you take a third or a fourth round pick for him because this is the last year of his contract. Twenty six years. He'll be yeah. twenty six years old. He's on the last year of his contract. You think the you think it would be? And I'm not going to say it's going to happen because. It probably won't. But like, if you're a Colts owner, if you're Jim Irsay, if you're the head coach, you say, hey, let's try and sell this guy high because he's killing it right now. I think you do. Yeah, I think you do. I think, um, you know, the, obviously Richardson going down doesn't doesn't help things. You know, he's now this is the second time, right? He's gotten hurt this year. Yeah, concussion, and now it's the AC joint. Yeah, so he's now he's he's trending as kind of an injury case, right? Like, so now you have a bunch of questions because most things. And I was talking to, I was watching the the Dallas Niners game, and I was like, it's funny because it really comes down to the quarterback for all these teams, right? It's the quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. It's a quarterback league. We all know that. All these teams are fairly similar if you break down their rosters. The difference always is their quarterback. And if I'm Jim Irsay. I don't know if I if I want to trade Moss or not. I hear what you're saying, like strike while the iron's hot. Um, but as we've said many times before, the NFL is definitely trending into a 
there is no single back anymore. You don't yeah. want to run a guy, but that's a lot of money to pay JT. I think they'll sit on him, but I think it's an interesting thought to try to get some, try to get some, um, either picks or, or additional pros players, prospects, whatever, somebody that you can continue to build this team around. But I think the Colts have a lot of different issues. I think we're going to find yourself right now is it's going to be this, is it going to be this guy getting the touchdown or is it going to be this guy getting the touchdown? I think that's just how it's going to be for the rest of the year for the Colts. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah, I don't know the running back situation. I, I'm I'm still in I on know. JT. I think give it give it another oh, yeah. two weeks. I think if this week I'm probably I'd probably still start Zach Moss, but this could be the week you know where J, JT really starts to get involved because <laughs> that's, that's usually what happens to, right? in fantasy. Yeah, every you're time find out that week you're like ah oh, damn it it's over. Every time <laughs> I'm done starting him. I'm done starting him. Uh, I, there's some questions flowing in. We will get those at the end of the episode. We greatly appreciate them. If you guys are watching us live, go over to YouTube, submit your questions, whatever questions you got, and we will answer them at the end of the show here. So do appreciate them. They're starting to come in. Is it Lamar Jackson's fault? Is it Lamar Jackson's no. fault that they lost this game? No. 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 No, it's not. We, we mentioned it earlier. You know, it's not. He, The Ravens were – the, the offensive – game plan and strategy after they went up 10-0 was atrocious like what on god's green earth what they're what were they doing um mm -hmm. just to try to win the game for one but then there was so many drop balls there was i think they this was the most drops in any game this year and very famously chiefs week one had wide receivers dropping a ton of passes that was you know we were ad nauseum talking about holy shit what is this wide receiver room doing but then you have very capable wide receivers very capable tight ends on this offense where they were also dropping the balls. Sometimes, sometimes shit just bees like that. That's what my dad used to say. Sometimes it just bees like that. And unfortunately, it's like it's contagious. That shit is contagious. If you've ever played sports in your life and somebody happens, like fumbles, you played basketball, shots aren't just going in. Sometimes that shit's contagious. And I don't blame Lamar. I don't think they're doing him any favors, though, with how they how they called the rest of that game when they went up 10 nothing. Yeah, and it, Flowers dropped a lot. I mean, Andrews dropped a ball, too, right out of, the, like, a touchdown. Zay Flowers, I, I saw a clip today, and it was just drop after drop after drop. I'm not blaming Lamar Jackson. We talked about it earlier. I, I think Lamar Jackson played a really good game. I really do. And I think, unfortunately, you know, he was making all the right reads. He was throwing all the right balls. His guys just were not catching them when they were – some of them were really easy catches. So, no, I'm not blaming Lamar Jackson. I, I just wanted to touch on that very briefly because we had – talked about it but i wanted to <laughs> to make sure that people understood fair it's fair yeah. um uh, the other thing from the noon window was that we, we wanted to talk about it and it was one of your favorite games but it was the it was the falcons and it was the um texans and ritter had himself a freaking game man 75 percent completion passed for 329 yards it looked it looked good it didn't look amazing, but it looked good enough. It looked way better than what we'd seen over the previous weeks. Like, I'm not even sure casual fans know if I said who's Desmond Ritter. Like, they probably would have been like, isn't he on Law and & Order? And, <laughs> you know, I think for a lot of people, it still might be that way. Even if you watch the NFL, like, you don't know who Desmond Ritter is. But, yeah, he had himself a game. And there are weapons on this team. You don't need anything crazy. He's somebody that can distribute the ball decently enough and protect it. And... He did that. We saw Pitts, who we very famously in an episode not long ago were like, eh, you could probably get rid of him. But he saw a ton of targets. He was he actually getting the ball. 
And so I think this game was, I think we learned, I don't know what we learned about from the Falcons that we can take moving forward, but I think we could see there's some light of what this offense could be if Ritter can play like this. I still don't have confidence he can do this all the time, okay. but it was, it was a, it was a, it was an, it was one, it was a good first step, I think, in the right direction for this Falcons offense. And I, I, I agree with you completely. I, I don't think Ritter is the guy. He finishes QB six on the week. He had a good game. I'm still in the camp that you can drop Kyle Pitts. There's some of you out there that are sliding into our our messages and giving me a lot of shit, <laughs> and that's fine. I understand that. But one game is not that you can't rewrite a narrative on one game. And if you look at the past couple games, it's not been there. It's not. And Kyle Pitts has not been usable. He's tight end 17 on the year. Do you know what that means? He's not a starting tight end for fantasy football. He had a good week. So I, I'm not buying into the narrative that Kyle Pitts is good. And it's not his fault. I, I do need to state that. It is not Kyle Pitts' fault. It is his offense's fault. It is Arthur Smith's fault. It is Desmond Ritter's fault. It's not Kyle Pitts' fault. When you have Drake London and Kyle Pitts, two very athletic, and I feel like we're just we're broken record saying the same thing. Alan, we do this all the time. We do. We do this all the time. They were playing the, the Texans. They were playing the Texans, yeah. who are not a good NFL team. They're they're getting there. They're kind of fun, but they're not there yet. And while they're showing a semblance of of what they could be. They are not there yet. So you look at this and you're like, well, Kyle Pitts had himself a good game. It's like, yeah, he finished with 15 points. That's great. Prove it to me again. Yeah. Beca and, you there's know, other tight ends. Yeah, I think there's also some of the game script here because I I watched some of this game illegally. I'm not going to share my sights with anybody on the stream just because I don't want it to get taken down. But I was watching illegally. And the Texans, the Texans could have – they stalled out so many drives and settled for field goals. This could have gone the other way for the Falcons where the game script flips and now Ritter has to throw. He has to put the ball in the air. And you didn't see that this game because they didn't really have to. They were kind of just playing keep away a little bit as the Texans offense kind of sputtered a little as they couldn't throw touchdowns as I didn't start fields and started Stroud. <laughs> and I was watching like, damn it. Uh, and so I think there's some of that too. Some of this was just game script from how... Sure this this played out and it played out in the favor of the Falcons. I think what's interesting is Bijan still is like in this he had a cool I I, I freaking love that overhead slow-mo camera stuff the Falcons do and it's super cool with Bijan because he's super shifty. But he had that little uh he caught that pass over the middle. I think they were, you know, on the five and just kind of zigzagged his way into the end zone. Like I like that he's getting those touches. I think the one thing if I'm looking at this Falcons team from a fantasy perspective is like can we just feed this dude? Like, can we just start just letting he's him go? Special, like, man. He's he's so good. He's so fun. He's to good watch. for the NFL. He he's is. A, he's he's one of the, you know he's obviously the best player on that team. I think I can say that oh. pretty confidently. And yeah. him or Johnny Smith. Yeah, and so I don't know, man. <laughs> it's just one of those things. Again, this is, I felt like this was just a weird week overall for a lot of things. Um, but this the game itself, the game script itself, let its let its way to that Ritter didn't. He had he got to play the game he he got to, yeah. And they play the Commanders next week, and then Tampa Bay and the Titans. I'd probably I would feel comfortable maybe starting. It's just a risk. Like, let me ask you this: Would you rather start Kyle Pitts or Hunter Henry at tight end? Oh, fuck. 
<laughs> not great options. No, no, and they're two totally different options. And on one option, you have uh, the Patriots that physically can't get the ball to Hunter Henry. And the other side, you have the Falcons don't want to give the ball to Kyle Pitts. So it's like, which is worse? Like the team that physically can't do it all the time and they try or the team that doesn't try? I think that's what you look at. And it's like, where do you want okay, to Okay, let me ask you this then. Was Zach Ertz or Kyle Pitts? Man, Ertz looked good this week, didn't he? Uh, he did. He got a touchdown. He looked good. And that team, that team without Kyler Murray looks pretty spicy. Um you know, I think the Bengals asserted their dominance a little bit that game, but I would go Ertz okay, right so now. I, no, I, I think he's well. getting the target share. I think he's a mainstay on that offense at the moment. Connor went down. Um, I like Ertz. What about Ritter? Ritter, you can comfortably bench. Fair to say, like we're or not Ritter. I'm sorry, Drake London. Like, are you benching yeah. him or? I mean, he did. He finished with 14.6 fantasy points, which. I want to say is wide receiver two level, but like, uh, do you trust it? Drake London finishes no, trust, wide receiver twenty one. No, trust no. Um, he did. Ha- he did see nine targets. Which this is just like a, such a weird game. It was just like they got to. I don't know. It was so odd because then you have you know Bijan only getting like fourteen touches, and you're like, okay, I can we probably not do that anymore. I don't think they'd want to if they if they got the choice. Sure. I think Drake London, you you hold on to because the talent's there. And I know Pitts, you know, we famously said you can drop him. I think, in you know, obviously the sickos that play Dynasty like us still want to hold on. You're still holding sure. on to hope. There's some yeah. little glimmer of hope. that There like, is. That Kyler Murray is going to come over and solve up. all their problems. <laughs> Just like the clip we wrong, put brother. out today. Hey, well, wrong, I mean, we'll brother. see. I, I, I'm I, not starting any Falcons players that's not named Bajan no. or Tyler Algier. I, that's nope. where I'm at. No, nope, that's fair. So Drake London to actual London, the London game we saw in the noon window. Beautiful transition. I just, yeah, thank you. Um, the European game. These are weird games too. They're I think weird. when you're looking at when you're looking at setting your fantasy lineups, there's always things you have to consider. Is this a Thursday night game? And now you have to consider: Is this game <laughs> being played in Europe? I think this game. Um, are we concerned about the Bills? I have my thoughts. I don't think we're. I'm concerned about the Bills. One game does not make what this season has been for them. They've obviously very famously over the last three weeks gone nuclear on on the NFL. But it's I from a competitive standpoint, competitive advantage. The Jags had their game in London last week. Then they got to stay in London for a whole week and then get ready for the Bills. And then the Bills had to fly over and then play, like. It's, it's the tea. If, it's if, the crumpets and tea or whatever. The, if anybody's the... traveled anywhere, jet lag's real. Getting ready for a game is real. Like getting your body acclimated to that environment is 100% real. I think that's, I thought it was just weird to me. Um, and as these London games tick on, you know, there's going to be some big names playing in these London games. And I think you just got to kind of, tre- not that like you're going to bench like Mahomes, or you're going to bench Tyreek or anything, but you know, they have a game coming up in Germany. And do you look at that as like, oh, okay, I, pro- I don't know if I can expect the same amount of output for these games. And do you have, do you have any, I mean, watching this game and the Jags are good. They're no slouch. So I think even played in the States, this is one where you're like, this could have been a good game anyways. But do you, were there any concerns from you f- for the bills on this one? Or are you just no. chalking it up to jet lag? This was played that, on the other side of yeah. the Yeah, I mean, the, the the concerning thing for me with the bills is all the injuries that they faced on their defense. And I think that that just needs to be noted because they it felt like every other play, 
a Bills player was going down on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that really played a big part in why the the Jags won this game. Like I and <clears throat> interestingly enough, I had seen something floating around in the media space, um, and it was an unnamed player, and I'm not I'm not gatekeeping that player's name. I truly don't know. Um, but they said we flew over here and we're playing on fucking concrete. So like right. that turf, I guess, was super hard, and um, perhaps that was part of the reason that these players were getting hurt. I'm not 100 percent sure, but the Bills players were getting hurt. They were, and that wasn't the only game that had that. I think even the Chiefs game had a couple guys. Uh, Justin Jefferson went down with a ha- like they said it was a hammy, but it looked awkward on the turf, and then Kelsey had an awkward moment on the turf like I'll be really interested to see what the NFLPA does on negotiations for future play like do everybody knows that grass is safer like statistics mm-hmm. bear that out that grass is just a safer thing but it is a cost thing for these NFL teams and just kind of as a side note um I'll be very interested to see I think there's it's catching momentum for sure and we're seeing yeah. I think it's going to take a big name to go out or multiple big names for the NFL to like actually want to do something it. about it. But sure. I think the NFL PA definitely has a leg to stand on. Um, it was a weird game. Super weird game. I thought the Jags looked pretty good, though, uh, just from a matchup Travis standpoint. Travis Etienne and, certainly did. And Calvin Ridley was he, making some balls, too. Yeah. They all were. He was, they all were doing really they well. Were, they were playing, but they got yeah. to stay in London for a week. So I, I, it's hard for me to say. Like. No, and and I do truly think that holds a narrative. Like I, I, you were saying that earlier, and I didn't, I didn't touch on that. I agree with you. Like jet lag is a real thing. When you have a whole week where you can just sleep and and focus on that and not have to fly over, and then like the turnaround time and the preparation and all those things considered, it's just easier. So yeah, I, I do think that that in some ways the Jags had it a little bit more favorably. As well as the Bills' defense, they're you know they lost some pieces and and yeah. that that I think is is a really big factor into why they they lost this game. So side I'm not note. concerned with the Bills aside from the defensive health. Yeah, I think the defense thing. You know, obviously that's a part that we don't touch on a lot on this podcast is like which defenses are you starting? The Bills' yeah. defense though is going through it. They just got back Von Miller, but they lost Tre'Davious White uh, last week, and now they lose Matt Milano for the year. So that's two like mainstays on their defense that are out for the year. I'll be interested to see how the Bills team reacts. Obviously, they have the offense to do it, but they they that defense is is key for them, and, it hurts. and they're they're gonna they're yeah they're gonna be going through it um, moving forward. So I think from like a defensive standpoint, just something to keep your eye on is their their perhaps they call the Broncos. The Broncos are rumored to uh, to have stated they're willing to sell any <laughs> pieces of their defense. So um, I don't know if there's anybody they would want necessarily, but it might be worth a phone call. Broncos have a few. I'll be interested to see if the Broncos want to give up any of their young pieces because they got some young studs on that defense. So we'll put their money where their mouth is. That's a whole another dumpster fire. Speaking of putting money where their mouth is, Joe Burrow got the bag recently and hasn't looked great, but he did play a pretty damn good game against Cardinals. Unfortunately for me. <laughs> I I, <laughs> Safe. I thought it was a good game. Like t- Truth be told... It was it, the Bengals won this one thirty four to twenty. It was competitive for a little bit, and it was fun to watch for a little bit. And then eventually, I got very torn between the fandom of my team versus the fandom of my fantasy football league. And because I'm so angry with the Cardinals, my fantasy football league won out. And I was like, I got Jamar Chase in two leagues, and I'm very happy about it. Keep rolling. 
Let's keep destroying me. Doesn't everybody do that? You're like, well, at least my fantasy team looks good. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, my every... ima- my imaginary team where I'm <laughs> spending a lot of time controlling. Yeah, in in Jamar Chase, obviously he won the MVP of the week, uh, our Prime Society Player of the Week. He looked great, Alan. I mean, Jamar Chase looked wonderful. He was back, but T. Higgins wasn't around. So that is worth noting. And then the other side of this is, is Joe Burrow safe? Is Joe Burrow a safe play? Because the Cardinals don't really have a good team. So, like, are we full back in? Yeah. Is the, is the Bengal slump over? You, I think I think you would hope so from a fantasy perspective because you would like this. this. I think this is what you're looking for from the start of the year. And Joe obviously had some calf strain and there was some, you know, tension in the locker room with, should he sit? Should he not? We've you know discussed it a few weeks back. Where should they have sat him up to this point? Maybe he's getting healthier. Joe Burrow is one of those guys like you're never not starting. You have to start him. You know he's you kind of have to play him. And some of these teams, especially if your fantasy teams like won a game or even if you haven't won won a game to this week, probably because you were starting those Bengals because you're waiting for a game like this for a game for them to just finally show what they could do chuck it around jamar chase is one of the best wide receivers in the league joe burrow is obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the league they have an amazing team you're just waiting for them to figure their shit out and i think you're going to continue to do that we'll wait and see if they're quote unquote back from their slump because the cardinals sorry man you know they're the cardinals it is what it is, and, it is, what it is. i understand and we we were we were hanging our hat on them being the cowboys but then we saw what happened to the cowboys and who the cowboys have you know beaten so far this year so it's kind of that's an unknown so that the season figures itself out it'll everything will kind of rise to the top i think i'm confidently starting bro and in chase every week you almost have to you kind of yeah, got to ride or die with them chase 100 percent. burrow that was another question now i will say right. if you own joe burrow you start him this upcoming week because they're playing seattle who has one of the worst pass defenses in the game right now so you're playing joe burrow this week he has shown me that he can do it again which up to this point before this game, he was quarterback 31 on the season, so he wasn't doing it. But it goes to show that when you're playing a really shitty defense and you are an elite-level quarterback, you're going to figure it out like you said. And that's what happened. So, yeah, I'm playing Joe Burrow this week against Seattle. If you got him, start him. Chase was always in your lineup. And I guess really the question here is, is when does T. Higgins come back? Because then you probably should start right. playing him as well. Right. But right. I'm I, with you. I was... Like I said, I was a torn man, but I'm I'm rooting for the Cardinals demise. So here we are. <laughs> you got to pick a boat. You got to stay stay in it. It's like the Bears I'm rooting fans. for. It. Yeah, like, no. You're like, damn it, which boat do I get in? I, I'm rooting for us to suck. All right, that's good. Good for you. Uh, the other thing from the afternoon window, night window, Sunday night football wasn't great. Not much to talk about the game. Dallas sucked. They looked like absolute dog shit. And I think, um, for the Cowboys, we'll touch on that in a second, but. Do we have to start thinking about, or should the NFL start thinking about Brock Purdy as a legit MVP candidate or putting him in that top conversation with what he's doing so far? Looking How at what, cool. look at where he is right now. He's thrown for 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns, no interceptions on the year, has the number one QBR. A lot of it goes into team success, whether you like to admit it or not. A lot of it MVP does. conversation does play into that. They're undefeated, they look like the best team in the league. And I don't, and we, we can sit here and say the defense, the defense, the defense, but he protects the ball. He threw some, he threw some great, he, he had, he dropped some dimes. 
yesterday against a Dallas defense, which I know was missing some was some key secondary pieces, but that still was considered a you know vaunted a Dallas defense. Elite, yeah, you know they still had Parsons running through there wrecking havoc, and he was still calm delivering the ball, and he's playing confident, man. Like he he is still playing so ridiculously confident that I am like. Part of me wants to go see what the betting odds right now for him for MVP because if this keeps going this way, it's gonna be you're gonna be hard pressed to keep him out of that conversation. I was talking to a buddy of mine who is not involved in our 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 fantasy and our our media conundrum here with Leatherbrains. He's just a good friend of mine that plays fantasy football and watches NFL and is a fan. And I was talking to him today and he goes, Man, he goes, You watched a game last night? And I said, Of course I watched a game last night. That's what I do. And he said Brock Purdy was throwing some really good balls. I said, you're not wrong. And it made me really stop and think, and I'm glad that we're talking about this because first and foremost, I'm rooting for the kid. I really am. Like, what a cool freaking story it is for him to come in as Mr. Irrelevant and do something with this team. But as you mentioned, a lot of MVP candidate also is with the, the team surrounding him, and that has to be talked about as well because Kyle Shanahan, and I told my friend this as well, I said Kyle Shanahan is really a mastermind at finding usage out of a quarterback that's not incredible. If you took Brock Purdy and you put him on the Steelers right now, you're not getting the same level of production. Do I think he's a better quarterback at this point than Kenny Pickett? Absolutely. But my argument is, Oh, yeah. What other weapons do the Steelers have? And that's that's really what you have to look at with this 49ers team. Is Brock Purdy doing wonderful? Yes. Am I rooting for him? Yes. Do I think the 49ers are definitely like going to the Super Bowl at this point? Yes. I think they are. Like there's absolutely no question in my mind if they can stay healthy. So put the asterisk there. But yeah. they're they're just there's so many weapons on this team and they are so good and I have to hand it to Purdy because he looks good he looks really good and like you said those throws he were making Dallas defense isn't a slouch the Dallas has only won the games that they've won this year because of their defense certainly hasn't been because of Dak Prescott right so I think I think Purdy playing I think Purdy playing poor would have kept Dallas in the game but he didn't he played well and then you get a blowout and I think Mm -hmm. that's what good quarterbacks do they just lean on and find the weaknesses and go I pulled it up so our, our friends at Vegas Insider Right now, MVP odds, looking at a lot of the sports books, he has the fifth best odds to win the MVP at this point behind Mahomes, Tua, Jalen, Jalen Hurts, and Josh Allen. So Brock Purdy right now, today, he's going to plus 700 in a lot of books. I thought it was going to be a little higher. (laughs) Yeah, it's like they're starting to think about it, which is, is great. And like, how freaking cool for him. What sucks for him is his pay. (laughs) because he's getting paid, I think, $800,000 as a full length of his contract to run this team to the Super Bowl. So that sucks for him. I hope that they do give him, like, I don't know how they would do that, but give him a bonus. Give him something because, like, he legitimately is carrying your team. Not carrying your team, but he is helping your team row the boat to a championship. And I don't think Brock Purdy at this point you're saying is, like, he's just kind of, like, keeping the fort together. He's, like, doing just enough so that they don't lose games. Like, he's legitimately putting them in positions to also win games. Yes. Yes. And and I know Scotty, you know, he made some notes here as he's still traveling. But talking about do we blame this on Dak and the three INTs? Like, no, I think what you do is – I think the way you look at this and the way NFL games shake out, like – and I talk a lot about game script. 
sometimes the pressure that the other quarterback is putting on you forces you to make things happen because you're like, you sit on the side and you're like, shit, that was a good pass. Damn it. That was a great pass. That's a touchdown. Okay, shit. I got to go out here. We got to start scoring because this dude is a flamethrower right now. Like he's not making mistakes. And I think what you saw was Brock Purdy put the 49ers in a position to say, listen, he's not going to give you the game. You guys got to go out here and earn it. And he was, he was, he was taking advantage of the opportunities that were put in front of him. Play calling was exquisite. But I think a lot of this is is um, Brock Purdy. He's he's giving them more right now. Like he's, I think this team, the way it looks right now, and they go play the Eagles. I love the Eagles, man. And that, that would be that's a fun game. I want to see that game strength. I would. I want to like see this. that game strength on strength. NFC title. That game is going to be fun. I really hope that happens. Uh, but I really think you know Brock Purdy deserves to be in the MVP conversation. You know, like I said, number one QBR in the NFL right now. Just thrown no picks so far. Um, so yeah, I think I think he's firmly in there. So a question for you: Now that we're talking about this game that happened last night, mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys are they imposters? Frauds? Frauds? Yeah. Fra- are we saying the F word? Because I would totally believe that they're fraudulent. They're frauds, I have yeah. thought that they were fraudulent. I, they're missing some key defensive components, which is that that's been their team. That has been their team. I'm going to say this. Dak Prescott is not good. I haven't thought that for a while now, and I've said it before. I will say it again. Dak Prescott's not a good quarterback. Dak Prescott, I don't think he's going to be a, a cowboy much longer. I'm, I'm going to get on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I, I really don't. And I think it, this is not indicative of, of this trade whatsoever, but I did think it was pretty funny that 49ers fans were chanting Trey Lance on the sideline. They were chanting, <laughs> chanting for Trey Lance to go out there and play. They wanted him to go play. They did, which How? is cool. Like, that's what is a 49ers hilarious. fan, you should want that. And that was cool. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. Like, that you're rooting for been... this kid to come out there and you want to see him play. He was a 49er. I thought that was really cool. It was super now, cool. It was also salt in the wound for Cowboys fans. Oh, 100%. <laughs> as it should have been. I don't uh, like Dallas. Uh, I never have liked Dallas, and I will never like Dallas. But just from a pure, like, I just, I, I don't think Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. I don't think he has what he had. And I think really what we're starting to see here, as Yeti had alluded to at the beginning of this season, they don't have Kellen Moore anymore. Yeah. And he, yeah. without his offensive coordinator that was really driving the force for this offense, it's not good. This offense isn't good. The only reason that they've had any leg to stand on in what I believe is because of their defense. Well, and yeah. maybe Tony Pollard. Maybe Tony Pollard. Oh, it's 100% their defense. You go look at the teams that they've played. So if you pull up, I'm pulling up the Cowboys, the teams that they played so far this season. And you look at, there's a lot of one in a one in whatever, a one in whatever. They, you know, you got the Giants, you got the Jets. They lost to the Cardinals. They beat the Patriots. You know, we just talked. We just saw the Saints shut out the Patriots. And the Saints are great. No, the Saints aren't great. And then you finally get to a team that is quote unquote at your level, and this is what happens. Listen, the next three weeks, it's not going to get easier. They get the Chargers Monday night. They get the Rams, which aren't world beaters, but that's a good litmus test to Rams say beat the Cowboys where they're going to lose the next, where the, the only then, game that they, they might get the win Eagles. Is. Yeah. Then they get the Eagles. They're going to lose. They're going to lose to the Rams. They're going to lose to the Eagles. And there's a chance they lose against the Chargers. That's, that's really where it gets interesting. I want Kellen Moore to come in there and beat the shit out of the Cowboys. That's what I want to happen. 
<laughs> I don't like the Cowboys. I think Dak Prescott's a bad quarterback. And I don't think Trey Lance is necessarily going to be their solution. But no. I think it's just kind of fun to have a thought, like this, this thought of like maybe they traded for him in the hopes that he could be something. Okay, question mark. After okay. these three games, Dallas is on fire. Let's say they get they just they look terrible. They're on fire now. Let's say Dallas does something crazy. Dak isn't there. Do you do you think there's a scenario in this season where Trey Lance plays a snap for mm. the Cowboys? No. I don't, don't think so. Unfortunately, no. Uh, uh, Dak Prescott's their guy. Jerry Jones and him are in bed together constantly. I just don't see a world in which they bench Dak Prescott. Now, if we're talking end of, now, if he if Dak Prescott gets injured for some reason, that's well, when it gets to be interesting. But the other conversation or the other thing that you have to look at is Cooper Rush, their backup quarterback. He's looked great when he's been in there. Trey Lance is considered their third string quarterback. If anything, it's going to be Cooper Rush before Trey Lance. And I don't see them making that transition as much as Cowboys fans might want that to happen. And I'm going to promise you, Alan, by the end of the year, I think Cowboys fans are going to want to see something else because Dak Prescott is not the solution. Yeah, I agree. I think the only thing for from a fantasy perspective, if you're, you know, obviously there's a lot of people that own either CeeDee Lamb or Tony Pollard or what have you, is that the Chargers defense isn't great. No. Uh, they They're very leaky. So there's points to be had there. Uh, Chargers, Rams- in fact, and I don't want to interrupt you, but I'm sorry. But I think this needs to be said. Chargers defense is dead last at passing. They are the oh. worst in the NFL at, at yeah. passing. So Dak Prescott might be a play next, year, next yeah, week. Second, yeah, secondary is – so it, there might you might see a little bit. Um, and then the Rams, obviously, and then the Eagles. So we'll see. I'm just wondering now where the Cowboys – where this locker room was. Because they very famously a few weeks ago when they lost to the Cardinals said, this is a – this is this is a low point for us and then this happens you know on sunday night football so i mean yeti who's tuning in even says the cowboys have a potential out of dax contract next season so um i think it's definitely going to be a discussion and i think it's it's certainly within the realm of possibility because i don't think he is their solution and they're probably going to need to start thinking about the future here and i think it's a future potentially without dak prescott and i'm fine with that yeah i just wonder where they go that's the other thing it's quick to say and I know earlier I said these, they don't want to move on from these quarterbacks. I think some of them you can obviously like something's got to be better than this. But I'll be interested to see what Dallas wants to do because also from a fantasy perspective, they got weapons. It's not like they don't have anybody. They got yeah. dudes and they got a good defense. It literally is this quarterback issue that they're running into with Dak that's completely hosing him. Yeah, not a good luck. Let's, let's, uh, let's go over and very quickly I'm going to read off the injury update. So for fantasy football players out there, this is something I'm going to name drop quite a few people here, and I just want you to be cognizant of these injuries. Anthony Richardson hurt his shoulder. Travis Kelsey's ankle. Justin Jefferson's hamstring. Daniel Jones has a neck injury. James Conner has a knee injury. Tank Dell, wide receiver for the Texans, is in concussion protocol. And Devon A-Chain has a knee injury. So I just want to point all this out. If you got any of those players, be aware of this because... There's potential that I, I would say some of these people are certainly not going to play next week. Um, but let's talk about the waiver wire. The waiver wire is disgusting this week, Alan. It's not something where there's a lot of excitement. These are mostly people that I just want to briefly touch on as drop candidates because I think that's kind of where we're at with them. Um, <laughs> no ads, there's just not, drops. <laughs> no, there's there's really not a lot of ads this week, which is, I mean, you had four teams on buy, so that doesn't help anything. Um 
Matt Breida, I think it's safe to say that Breida is not Saquon Barkley. He went nine for 21, and he's not even a usable backup for this abysmal Giants offense. 74% owned, 27% started him, and if you're starting him, I do feel really bad for you because you're. I think you're desperate for a running back, and I'm here to tell you he's not it. Uh, mm-hmm. Amari DiMercato. That's a fun name. Who? Yeah, it's a great question, Alan. He's a running back for the Cardinals. This one's really interesting for me because he filled in for James Conner because James Conner left with a knee injury and did not return. DiMercato went 10 for 45 and 1. So I think he's a high waiver wire ad this week. I I don't think I'm going to buy him. Cardinals aren't good. We're not good. I know that. That's fine. But it's also worth noting Keontae Ingram is the RB2 for this team and he has a neck injury or uh yeah, neck injury and has been out and he could be back as early as next week as well as James Conner. So don't spend a lot of uh fab on Amari Di Mercado. I don't think he's the guy. And the last one is another Cardinals person and that's Michael Wilson. He was a really high waiver wire ad this last week. You win some and you lose some, Allen. And I think anybody who went and got Wilson and started him, which was 29% of fantasy players, I think you lost. I think he mm-hmm. lost big time. Uh, he he, uh, he had 2.8 points this week after finishing with 26 points the week previous. I think you can move him back to the bench and or waiver wire if there's anybody else that's juicy. But he's like a, just a set. He's a bench piece for me that's an emergency start. The Cardinals aren't good. They're not, they're not going to be good. I'm not. The only Cardinals person I'm starting at this point is probably Hollywood Brown and James Conner if he's healthy. Right. I think I think where we're at, too, when you start looking at rest of season and you got to start thinking about playoff time, I think you start looking at some of these playoff schedules. And I know you and Yeti touch on that a lot, too. Um, yeah. But for anybody listening, you're looking for players or you're riding the wave right now of your guys current schedule. Look at who they're playing when you're going to need to be winning games for the cash at the end of the year, because that's going to be important, too. So if you're looking at trading, if you're looking at moving on from somebody that's hot, a good target are some of these players that have favorable fantasy matchups towards the end of the year or towards the playoffs, because those are, that's, what's going to win. You're not really finding much on the waiver wire anymore other than just, I need, I need a warm body or like a huge injury, like right. a season ending injury or something where you're like, start cuffing. Cl- yeah. Like <laughs> that's where you're at, unfortunately. So yep. uh, we do have a couple questions. So let's move over to the brain busters. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna wail. Mail! We don't have a lot of questions, so um, let's talk about. Yeti asked this question What about the offense without Anthony Richardson for multiple weeks? I don't think Gardner Minshew's bad. Mm-mm. In fact, he's probably one of. Ever since Ryan Fitzpatrick left the NFL, I think Gardner might be my new favorite quarterback <laughs> just gonna say uh they play jacksonville browns and saints which is that's kind of that that's is kind brutal. brutal no it is i mean so from a passing standpoint if you're looking at like michael Pittman, um oh, jacksonville i'm fine with i would probably do that um they're pretty bad pass defense um who else did I say they have? They have the Browns. I'm not going to start them against the Browns. Browns, probably. Saints. Saints. Huh. For, I think so you've got to play those out, running backs. I think you got to play the running backs. All running backs. They're just going to run the ball. It's going to be a lot of running, a lot of screens. So I'd probably still have, play Michael Pittman. But yeah, beyond it's going to be a lot of screens. That's going to be their best pass play is going to be those screens. Yeah. 
Uh, last question. We only got two this week. So anybody that has any questions that is currently watching live, go over to YouTube and submit them before we get out of here if you want your question answered. Next question comes from Alex. He says, hey, this guy wants Mahomes and Zay Flowers, and he's giving me Jamar Chase and Drake London. My other quarterback is C.J. Stroud, and my other wide receivers are T. Higgins, Garrett Wilson, JSN, and Jahan Dotson. You know, Mahomes is a name guy, but he has not been very Mahomes-like as far as four or five touchdowns. Four or five touchdowns. And that's, I mean, that's just how the Chiefs want to play football. They got a good line and they got a good defense. They're playing football a different way this year, I think. He's just not up there. You know, Kirk Cousins outdueled him this week. You you would have been better starting Kirk Cousins, you know. Yeah. And so I I like CJ Stroud. I'm a little hesitant just because Mahomes could go full Mahomes, and then you're like, well, damn it. Should have done that. Um that's a tough one. That's a tough one, Slaps. Which what do you think? I This think... is really about Mahomes for Jamar Chase. That that's no, what that, we're really that is talking that about. is hundred percent what this is. I, I'm gonna say this though. C.J. Stroud is giving you, on average, through five weeks, 17.5 points per game, and Patrick Mahomes is giving you 20.6. So that's not a season-long projection, but that's a three-point swing. I'm going to take Jamar Chase and Drake London here. Mm-hmm. If you're Because you're, ta- you're talking about three points. That's it, three points. So on a week-to-week basis, the question is, is now, can you start C.J. Stroud, and can you hope that Jamar Chase is that three-point difference? My answer is every single time, yes. Yeah, so, and his wide receivers are good on name. They're good on paper, but T. Higgins is hurt. Garrett Wilson, you never know with Zach. Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think, is averaging like his target yardage. is like he's like one yard downfield. So I think you need to show up with Chase. Um, I would, and then and then what you do as soon as you make this trade is, or then you go out and you sell T. Higgins and Garrett Wilson yeah. on a package. That's what you do to get another good wide receiver. So get your Jamar Chase. You got Drake London, who is effectively a wide receiver too, so you can still start him as well if you really like. Sell T. Higgins. You don't want both pieces of this offense, and you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot every week. I don't like playing that game. Allen probably doesn't like playing that game, and it's not one worth playing. So take Jamar Chase, sell T. Higgins, because somebody will buy him, and you can package him up with either JSN or Garrett Wilson and and move on from him. That's what I would do. Because I think C.J. Stroud is is usable. Uh, We do have one last question here. It's from Yeti. What should Aaron Jones owners do rest of season? Cry? Yeah, I don't know. He's inactive this week. He's inactive. I don't don't know. You can't sell him. Nobody's going to buy it. Yeah, I'm not buying it. Unless... No, no. But who's who's buying Aaron Jones? You just now you just got to sit on him and cross your fingers that they you know he figures his shit out and that offense figures their shit out. That's all you can do now. You're yeah. you're just in hell. That's and that it sucks fantasy too, hell. Because Tony Pollard should be great. Tony Pollard should be the shit, and he's not. Who? Okay. Or not Tony? Did I say Tony Pollard? I meant AJ Dillon. Yeah. Sorry oh, okay. I was that. gonna say. I'm like, bleeding on my right all... leg. So I was jumping all over. To see how much blood I was losing, and I was not. Fun fact: If you lose blood, you think about Tony Pollard. Today, you it's learned. True. I think about Tony Pollard more often than probably most human beings. Um, Yeti, you're asking a lot of questions here as somebody who is a part of this show. So no. you get one more. And his last question is: What Prime Society bag are you guys buying first? I'm going to tell you Ooh. right now. I'm buying that that. Um, that peace sign baby the i'm going for the tyree kill bag yeah that thing's sweet looking man 
I like it that is, a lot. It is, it is super cool. You know what? I was looking at some of these um, little backpacks, and not even for me. The missus likes to wear the the backpacks when we go out, and some of these are pretty nice. The, I like the red one. The, I, they're all freaking cool. They are. The wallets cool. are nice looking too. And I'm definitely going to use that LBZ20 and getting 20% off for oh, sure. Oh yeah, you got for to. sure. You got to. All right. That's it. That's all the uh, that's all the questions we have. That is all the time that we have for this episode. We appreciate it. And uh, one last time, huge shout out to our first sponsor, Prime Society. Go check them out. Woo! They got a bunch of really cool swag um, and different bags that are very high quality. So I'm very excited to be with them and uh, and continue this partnership. So LBZ20 gets you 20% off on PrimeSociety.com. Go check it out. Alan. Any parting words? Did you you didn't say anything about the Chiefs this week? I didn't know if you even wanted to talk about them before we got out of here. Yeah, they won. You know, they won. That was, yeah. that was that. What's what's new? What's new? Well, moving on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get the hell out of here. We are out. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you tune into our new releases every week on your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and check out leatherbrains.com for all of your fantasy football needs. And remember, brainiacs. A championship should be more than a fantasy.